Hello, and thanks for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 355 for patch 7.2.5. We are a podcast about World of Warcraft and the rest of the Blizzard universe. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Freckleface. And this is Root. Coming up here on episode number 355 of HearthCast, what gaming teaches us about ourselves, we are going to talk about the Warlock Class Hall mount, and then we will investigate the many, many deaths of Chrome. This podcast is brought to you in part by our outstanding Patreons. We thank you for your continued support of the show, even if there are some weird PayPal issues. So, hey there, Freckleface. Hey there, Roots. Tell me about your week in the Blizzard universe. Well, I remember last week I talked about doing Hero League in Here's the Storm. Yep. And we finished those games. Got them done. Grants. Got a, got a mount and I think a, a portrait. Very cool. It's kind of cool. I don't know that I would do that again or at the very least not wait till the last minute. Did you feel rushed? We felt rushed, and we had to do a lot of games in a row. Okay, yeah. Well, you're compressed for you time. The deadline, yeah. and I think I probably have the patience to do one, maybe two games of that type a night, because it's a whole thing. The draft process, you know, it's kind of stressful. It's timed. Mm. You got to figure out as a group what you're going to ban, who's going to be what, and it's just a whole thing. But next time, if we have the whole season to do ten games, it might not be that bad. So we'll see. I like watching that when I'm watching heroes when they're playing on Facebook. You know, the competitive leagues are playing. I like watching the draft, but I always want to hear the team discussion. I'm not privy to that. I want to, you know, I yeah, want to hear, hear the yeah the logic behind the choices they're making. Right, That's what because right. what always happens is the the announcers speculate, and usually they're, they they're wrong. You know, like, oh, that's a horrible choice. They didn't counter this. They didn't do this. That's a horrible composition for this map. And then the team that they're downing just blows the other team away. And it's just like, okay. I wonder if that's something they would want to keep secret, though. You know, if it gets out like that's that's their strategy, only okay, only they yeah. know why they're doing yeah. it and what they need to do to pull it off. Gotcha. True. Very, yeah. That's a very good point. Very good point. So I didn't do a lot of Warcraft this week. And uh, the reason why is I got my class mount last week. And I got really excited about it. And it went from going, I'm really excited about this. I'm going to get all my class mounts. Okay, so my next step would be my mage. She's the farthest along. Okay. And you have to do all the uh, the achievements in the Broken Shore. Yeah. So I started to do it. I'm like, ah, this is just a repeat of everything I've been doing the past few months. Yeah. And then I just stopped. I just yeah. couldn't bring myself to do it. Too soon. I had no motivation. Too soon, that's all. It was too soon. Um, but luckily, just as I was feeling done because i'm thinking what else can I do the broken shore then the new patch came out boom more stuff to do yep yeah. like they planned it yeah it's funny how it works out <laughs> like that <laughs> so you and i did some uh deaths of chromie yeah we'll talk about that later <laughs> yes we will but let's talk about your week well i got my uh alliance worgen druid that would be dark rose the awakener i got him up to 108 very cool that's he's yeah he's coming along i'm kind of uh Leveling him to do some dungeon runs and stuff with a alliance friend. 
It's just lower pace. It's a good reason. Yeah. It's yeah. a slower pace. It's like one of those things when I have some time, I go run him around a little bit. I thought about you because I have some dark roast in my fridge. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he can fly. And he's oh, leveling. Oh, right? right. And I went and did a quest where you have to go kill these, like, corrupt. I'm with Ysera. Ysera's still alive in my timeline. You just haven't gotten to that point yet. Yeah, I haven't gotten. Are you not going to do it? I refuse to do that quest line any of the characters. I'm like, I can't go through this. Can't go again. through that again. No. Uh-uh. So, I'm at a point where I'm like in some corrupted forest area, and I've got to kill like 50 corrupted um, forest dwellers plants. I guess that would be. And you get this extra action button that calls down like an airstrike from Yasera. And all I was doing, I was in bird form, and I'd fly above. You know, they couldn't even touch me. They're just ignoring me. I'd fly above a group of mobs, target them with the extra button, and call down an airstrike, basically. Sounds a little cheating. It was boring. <laughs> I, was, I just did it. was 50. I had to get 50. I'm like, well, I might as well just go do this real quick. And there was a one-minute cooldown between uh, ability use of that, that extra action button. So, yeah, it took me about a minute to do. <laughs> Just like, okay, this is kind of... Yeah, different going through it with the flying ability. It almost makes me think there should be some kind of mechanism that just mm-hmm. goes, you have flying, this is trivial, we're just going to either give it to you or not make it available. <laughs> so, don't bother. Okay. Just give me the credit, Blizzard. Yeah, pretty much. Just give me a button. That's all I want. I did play three matches. In hots, I said I'd get try to get back into it. Three matches, I did. I was on a team, and we all played against AI. So I had human players on my team. Yeah, co-op. Co-op, and we played one level above the bottom level. Okay. So it wasn't what's a rookie? Is that the first one? Ah, uh, first one's beginner. Yeah, the middle maybe, one's adept. I forgot what no, the uh, second maybe, one is. Yeah. Okay, well that's where I was at, and we won all games. It was not. Very cool. I'm thinking maybe one step higher I'd be okay with. I played Lily. I like Lily. I like her. Uh, I just like how she plays. Do you like her voice lines? No. No? Okay. No. <laughs> I, <don't. laughs> I was about to say, I have Lily as an announcer, and she's uh, pretty funny. Yeah. I tried to ignore myself as much as possible in that game. But ignore I, yourself? It, what I say, what Lily says. I, I don't oh, know. okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I got like three loot crates for that loot sure. boxes. Yeah. yeah, one you know it was like some kind of event. One was just for playing a game, and the other was well. Were you, were you doing them on on different days, or was this no, all one day? All the same day. Okay. So because that was during the uh, anniversary event where yeah, you got yeah, a yeah. yeah you get a loot chest for every day that you played oh, a game. I should have played more. Huh. Well, I got a rare skin. I don't know how rare it is. Four. Ah. Uh, Someone you don't play. Yeah. Okay. I linked it to you, and you're like, oh, I bought that. I'm like, okay. Oh, Sylvanas. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Range <laughs> General. I love that skin. All right. That's yeah, the yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I remember oh. that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I linked it to you, and then I totally forgot I linked it to you, and then you commented on it. I'm like, are you stalking me? What is it? And you're like, no, you told me you played. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Brain fart root. <laughs> yeah, well, it's old man root. That's, what, root. that's what my Twitter says these days. Oh, this is true. Um, so you know how you can re-roll loot boxes? Yes. Okay. Which I didn't do. Well, it's fine. When I first figured that out, I would re-roll something if I got a skin for a hero that I didn't use. Yeah, weird. Okay. 
And now I'm at the point where any skin that I don't have, I keep. Because I've kind of decided that there's no hero that I can absolutely say I'm never going to play. Yeah, you can play them all. Yeah. They, they're totally Pokemoning you on this one. Yeah, they are. But yeah. I'm not spending a lot of money, so that's okay. No, that's, you're getting gold or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, after my three games, I'm like, ah, that's enough. So kind of. Done with that. Done with that for now. Okay. Wait, how long is for now? I don't know. Until you get inspired until, again. Yeah, until okay. I get inspired again. Uh, in Hearthstone, though, uh, you, this was the Tavern Brawl this week. is the one you talked about the other week, uh, which was you get you pick your class, and it's like a clash uh, crash or something, where when you start the game, the, your very first hand, you pick your secondary class that you're going to get cards from as well. So my second game I won after I kind of figured out the dynamics and how to play it. And that's been kind of fun. What uh, classes were you playing? I did uh, Warrior Hunter. I okay. It's a good combination. Yeah. yeah. Then uh, you and I played, and I could have won that game several times. Oh, I know. <laughs> no, no, no. I really appreciate that because that was, uh, it was what I've been complaining about, you know, before they announced this uh, Quest with Friends thing. I was stuck on a quest. Yep. I'd had four out of five wins for like, Four days. Oh, okay. And I just really needed the one win. So and we went ahead and did the tavern brawl. The tavern brawl. You know, you could have beat me. Uh. You did beat me, but you were nice enough to let me have <laughs> technically the win, so I get credit for it. Yeah, that was well. We were right here in the same place, so it was you know we could see you know I couldn't see what you were doing, but I knew. Oh, I wouldn't you let knew. you see my device. <laughs> I'll set my back to you, or no. Yeah. No, nah, we just we get, yeah, the other way around. Can't see each other, <laughs> but um, yeah, and then see the same thing happened the other night when I played another friend. I was in a situation where I'm like I could totally beat him, but he needs the win because he was right. complaining about right. it. I was like, eh, well, I don't know if this is playing exactly how Blizzard wanted it to be played, but it does remove a level of frustration. Yes. So maybe in that aspect, it does play exactly how they wanted to play. I think they're probably okay with a friend throwing a game to another friend. I mean, what does it detract from? Nothing, nothing really. I mean, I didn't, I didn't throw my games. Mm-hmm. Well, it, I mean, I played a little bit with yours, and then when I got to the point where I'm like, I could steamroll you, that's when I, I backed off. So next, well, you, you okay? You let me have the win, even though yeah, I, I mean, didn't win. And the, what I mean by I didn't throw throw the game is I didn't just in turn in turn, oh right, in right, turn, right. In turn or concede or anything. I played yeah. a little bit and went okay. I could get this, just like with my buddy the other night. I'm like I could totally in three moves have him destroyed, but he destroyed. Really, yeah, he really so yeah. dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> I was lethal in three moves, freckle face. <laughs> But yeah, I've been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, I had a really cool game this morning with my uh, with my Smork deck. And face came, Hunter. Yeah, my Face yeah, Hunter. Yeah, yeah. And I showed you the finishing move, and I'm like, okay. I'm doing the, the Call of the Hounds, and I, I put like a, a bunch of minions on. And then I had another one that plus one to all my minions. I did 18 points of damage to the guy. Yeah, that's uh, that's the problem with the Face Hunter. Yeah, <laughs> it was good. no, it worked really well. <laughs> If that guy had just had a, like one taunt, because you had so many hounds, because yeah. he had like six yep. minis in the board. No taunts. You had yeah. one taunt. I'm going to say you. Yep. Um, and then you and I finished out our week. We've already kind of talked about it. We kind of uh, started a Death of Chromie together, but we will talk more about that coming right up. <laughs> 
on the Hearthcast in past episodes, we've talked about how online gaming can be a benefit to you. If you're looking for a job, you can throw it on your resume. That can be a benefit. We talked about how you can gain social skills by playing with others. We've talked about a lot of social stuff. But this week, we're going to take an introspective look at what we can learn about ourselves through gaming. When I learned the term tilting, that was a game changer for me. Hmm. Okay. Now, tilting is what we refer to in the gaming world where you do something badly and that puts you in a bad mood, which makes you play worse, which puts you in a worse mood and you just continue down that cycle. Yeah. It's called the law of attraction in the real world. For oh, like, is it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> tilting is more descriptive of it. If you are happy, you attract happy things. If you're negative, you attract negative things. You know, that that's that's a good principle, like, overall. But, like, tilting, you can really see that specifically happening in, like, in one day or, like, you know, one event. Like, you have a day where uh, your alarm doesn't go off. Oh, I've had those days. I've had this one bad thing happen after another, yeah. and I have turned around on the highway and gone home and said, I'm going home <laughs> because this day is not going to get any better. You stopped yourself. Yeah. I'm like, this day is going to get progressively worse. I'm having a horrible morning. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming into work, going home. But So imagine if you, you, you sleep in late because your alarm didn't go off, and that makes you impatient, so you spill your coffee, so now you're later. And now you're rushing down the road to get to work on time. Now you get a speeding ticket. Now you're mad. Yeah. Now you start having kind of an attitude at work. So you get in trouble. So now you're even more mad. Yeah. Come home. Bring that attitude to your family. Your family's not having it. So now you just had the worst day possible. That is a really good, like, one day of tilting. Yeah. You know. Back in the old day, we called that who peed in your Wheaties. That's what they what? Used to, yeah. So say someone. What on earth? That's what that's what they said. Someone peed in your Wheaties. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? I have never heard that in my life. Really? No. Yeah. No, I'm really grossed Ru- out. <laughs> old man roots bringing the old school, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's the same concept of you know waking up on the wrong side of the bed, but mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah. The other day, my my husband and I were at home, and we were going through the process of uh, shopping for a car. And he had gotten upset because he had, like, miscalculated the cost of one thing he was looking at. So we went in, like, the total wrong direction was, like, looking at these, like, really cheap cars. And he was, like, getting frustrated. So I had to say, honey, you're tilting. Let's get away from the computer. Let's go out to dinner. And so we did. And once we were away from that, we were sitting down talking about it. He's like, you know, you're right. I was tilting. Nice. He's like, and he's like, it's fine. He's like, we don't need to go the other extreme and get, you know, an extremely cheap car that I'm going to have to replace in another year because, right. yeah. yeah. I was like, there's a middle ground. It's fine. Yeah. What you want to get is like, a, I don't know, Mazda 3 or something. Oh, yeah. Those are great cars. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Um, Once you have this word, it's really easy to see in everyday life. Um, I was looking at reviews for different cruise ships online a couple weeks ago. Okay. And it's really funny if you go to like a site that aggregates them, not, not the ones where it's like a blog and someone's got this thought out review, but the ones where people are just giving a star rating. Sure. And you'll see 
you know, a, a small portion has like, you know, five stars and then, you know, a good portion of people has like maybe four, you know, like this ship is you know, not perfect, but it's really good. And then, and then you have a chunk of people who just rate it one star. And then when you read those reviews, they're like, the food was terrible. The service was awful. And they're just, everything's so extreme. But when you think about it, you're on a cruise ship. You have free food. You don't have to do dishes. Unless the ship is like stranded somewhere in the middle of nowhere and like there's no bathroom like happened that one ship like years ago. Unless it's something like that. How bad can it really be? It's not going to be that bad. So like when you know that and you read these things these people are writing, you know something happened. One of the staff members looked at them wrong or they had something fall short of their expectations. And now their viewpoint is tainted. So every single experience, they are looking for the negative and they are finding it. And just everything seems worse and worse and worse from that point. Yeah. It's like one of those things. If, if you're expecting to book the QE2 and you end up on a you know carnival cruise line, you're like, nothing is going to meet your expectations. Right, right. But at the same time, if you're just having a bad day and you're coming back, any little negative is going to be amplified in your mind. So, yeah, and you'll leave a bad review. Yeah. So just like in games, when you can recognize yourself tilting, you stop playing. Yeah. Take a step off. Well, don't step off the cruise ship. That'd be bad. But, <laughs> you know, take a step back, you know. And in real life, if you, if you can see yourself tilting, get your, you can get yourself away from that situation. If you see somebody else doing it, then you can kind of know, all right, well, their perspective is kind of tainted right now. There have been times when I've had that happen to myself, when I've realized that I'm in a negative mind space, and no matter what's happening in the conversation, I'm in a negative mind space, so I need to stop the conversation. I need to go elsewhere and get out of this negative mind space and come back to the conversation untilted, I guess, you know, back in a more positive and open and aligning mood so yeah you can tilt we also learn from gaming that we can get better at something i'm particularly guilty of this in that when i try something new and i'm not good at it right away or if i start to get better for a little bit and then kind of plateau i tend to give up and think like well that's just my max that's just my skill level it's the limit of my aptitude but oddly enough it wasn't until I started playing hots and it wasn't just I was playing hots as I was playing it consistently and then after consistent play started to feel more comfortable about it that made me recognize that you do have the ability to increase your skills it just takes patience and that's the hard part you know, and I'm talking about it can be physical stuff. Maybe you want to try rock climbing and you're terrible at it first. You know, if you were to keep going regularly, you know, eventually you would start to get better. I had a problem with chopsticks. I know this is seems like it's unrelated, but it is because um, I have issues with dexterity. So I would try to use chopsticks and not be good at it. And then, you know, people would try to show me. And I'd see the pictures and see the video and just like nothing I was doing was turning out right. I'd just drop the stuff. 
So for a long time, I had in my mind, I just can't use chopsticks. And then I stopped thinking about it so much. And just every time that I have the opportunity, I just try, even if I do it badly. And eventually I've noticed I'm not dropping stuff quite so much. I still don't use them elegantly, but I have gotten better. Are you stabbing your general sales chicken? (laughs) (laughs) Not stabbing it. No, I'm picking it up. I'm not doing it smoothly, but I'm doing it. I, I can put it from the plate to my mouth. Yeah, that's, which is more than I could do before. I just drop go, it yeah. before. So juggling, Freck. You ever uh, decided to maybe think about learning how to juggle? That has never really crossed my mind. If you buy a juggling book, what they tell you to do is start at the base of your bed, facing your bed, so your legs are up against the your bed. So your bed is out in front of you, and you're juggling above your bed. And it's not because they're afraid the balls are going to break. It's because they know you're going to drop them, and they don't, you don't have to bend down that far. They're <laughs> not going to go back. anywhere. They're going to hit your bed and stop. Yeah. Because you're going to drop the balls when you start to learn how to juggle. So, yeah, they know. It takes practice. It's the same with mental skills. Flashcards. Flashcards, Enough yeah. Enough said. And social skills, too. It does take a lot of practice to to refine your social skills to know what is acceptable and what is not. If you've never been trained in that kind of stuff, I mean, even if you're, if it's training from your parents or your peers, if you haven't had that exposure, you just don't know what to do. Yeah. And if you look at somebody who you admire and their ability to just talk to anybody, it's not because they're naturally born with that. It's because they've had a lot of practice talking to people. Mm Mm-hmm. And they've had said the wrong thing to the wrong person at the wrong time. <laughs> Boy, have I. Got a reaction and learned not to do that again. Yeah. They I... have learned what to say to people to make them open up. You know, it's it's all just practice. Yeah. A big thing, we can run out of mana. What are you attributing mana to IRL? Well, in this case, I think mana represents your willpower. Okay. Or your energy. Yeah, your Sometimes energy, it's kind yeah. of the same. All right. Now, there was a science experiment. Um, I think it was in the 90s, 1998. And they had people come in and look at cookies. Mm. All right. And half the people were allowed to have a cookie. The other half were only allowed to look at the cookies. But they were told, no, you need to eat radishes instead. That's horrible. I know. At first, I was like, I want to be on this experiment. Now I don't. But here's the thing. A little later, in what seemed to be unrelated, they had people work on a puzzle, on like a brain teaser. Okay. The people who had had radishes spent half the time working on the puzzle before giving up than the people who had had cookies. They got tilted. Well, they ran out of mana. Oh, okay. Because that and all... And then got tilted. <laughs> because the willpower that you have, it's not just you have willpower to not eat a cookie or you have willpower to uh, not get angry at somebody and tell them off when you need to or the willpower to do your chores, you know, to be a responsible adult. Like that all comes from one pool. Mm-hmm. And if you drain your willpower in one area, you might not have enough to cover another. And then you end up sitting on the couch watching Netflix eating bonbons. Yes. Yep. Mm. 
been there. A lot of times we expect a lot out of ourselves. You know, like I'm going to go to work today and I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to cook dinner and I'm going to wash the dishes and do all this responsible stuff. And then you're out of mana. And now you're out of mana. So what do you have to do? You have to prioritize. You know, in my opinion, it's not a good idea to start a new diet when you're in a stressful period at work. Because one of those things will give. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is when you, when you run out of man and when you run out of willpower, then instead of being able to decide what you're not going to get done or prioritize or say, well, I have enough energy to do this, but not that. You just kind of run out of steam and you just end up not doing anything mm. or just kind of passively going through. Netflix and bonbons. <laughs> so, no, I get you. Absolutely. <laughs> you just end up at a default state. Yeah. Yeah. I have learned for myself not to do cleaning chores and then laundry. Because what I used to do is I'd put a load in the washer, let it wash. While I was washing and then put it in the dryer, I would like clean, clean, clean. By the time the clothes were done from the dryer, I was tired. And now they're going to wrinkle. And now they're going to wrinkle. Yep. And now they got the whole thing of the next morning, I got to run it through the dryer cycle again to get out the wrinkles. And it's, I have learned the laundry is a priority because I need to get that out when it comes out. So I'm going to do that first and then I'll do cleaning. That sounds really trivial now that I'm talking about it. But knowing your limitations for what you have energy to do and what you have willpower to do is really important because when you're not aware of that, things just fall apart and then you just get mad or people get mad. You just, you just tell yourself that you're being lazy or that you're not being competent. In reality, you just need to realize you have a limit to what you can do. So do what's important. Prioritize. Prioritize. It makes a lot of sense. We've also learned that you can't do everything alone. You just can't. You can't take on the big project by yourself. You can't take on all the responsibility by yourself. You've got to share that load. You have coworkers. You've got teammates. Those are people you can depend on and who depend on you to get the overall job done. And sometimes it takes getting an outside perspective to come in and go, hey, this is unbalanced. You have one person over here doing way too much of the work for the entire team. This needs to be proportioned out, balanced out properly. And I used to say it in, in the workforce that as long as we're all pushing the same rock up the same hill, we'll eventually get the job done. But one person can't get that rock up the hill. So you can't expect to do everything on your own. And, you know, in your personal life, I think a lot of people are hesitant to ask friends for help when they need it. And sometimes you just have periods of time where you're just overwhelmed. Well, it's a very humbling and, and vulnerable to ask somebody that. Right. I mean, you mean not to be sexist or anything, but guys can be macho about this whole thing. I can't. I don't. It's the directions. I'm not one of the, I will stop and ask directions. I am not one of those guys who tries to figure it out on my own. I've never understood those people. But the whole stereotype of guys not stopping to ask for directions, guys not asking for help, guys not wanting to seem vulnerable. I know this is a very sexist opinion, and I'm generalizing stereotyping. 
but it does happen from time to time. Me, if here's me, like this is honest. If I go into a, a grocery store, especially a grocery store, if I have a list of what to go buy, a shopping list, I walk into a grocery store and I find the first person that I know that works there and I say, where is the first thing on my list? That's on aisle 12. Okay, I go to aisle 12, get it, find another employee, go to the next thing on my list, <laughs> where is this? And, you know, I had, I've actually had one time, and it was at a, a local grocery store here in Orlando, where the, it was a lady, and I asked her for the first thing on my list, and she goes, just let me see the whole list. And she prioritized my list for me, Frank. She oh, was, yeah, She's like, this is this, this, and she put all the aisle numbers down. She goes, now just go in aisle order. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> So I was in and out of there in no time. And that's, yeah. that's what I mean by, you know, you got to ask for help. You, you do. can't do things on your own. You do. And the thing is, if you ask a friend for help for just like an afternoon when you really need it, you know, you would do the same for them. And that's the thing is like we go through periods of time where things are good for us or things are stressful. And when you use your time when things are good to help someone out, now you have someone to help you out. And everything's better for everybody. Yeah. You're sharing your uh, your mana pool in a way. That's a good way to put it. Frank, we also want to celebrate milestones. Like achievements. Like achievements. We need what? to give ourselves achievements. Yeah. You know, and it, it doesn't have to be big things. It doesn't have to be something that no one else has done. But celebrating the first time you do something... Well, Frank, this is the first time I've ever recorded a 355th episode. I don't think that counts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like the first time you have Peruvian food. Oh, that's you know? good. Ceviche. Yeah. It's a new experience. Oh, it's something to go like, hey, I did, I did something new. That was interesting. Or whatever you thought. Whatever you thought about it is a new experience. And it's always good to try something new. Or if you're doing something consistently. Yeah. Like if you made it to the gym five days in a row. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good achievement. It is. Or doing something in a better way. Like you just talked about your laundry and your workload. Right. Once you figure out how to do that, achievement unlocked. Yeah. Yeah, that's a nice, you know. Being more efficient. Yeah. And that is something that you should celebrate. Yeah. And on that end, we need rewards. Got to treat yourself. Got to treat yourself. And the reason why it's important is it because it reinforces that emotional reward of completing a goal. You know, if you set yourself a, a very difficult goal of, you know, going to the gym every day for a month, but then you do it and you don't allow yourself to celebrate it, you haven't gotten the reward for doing that in, in a way it might not feel worth it. Like you have the abstract reward of feeling better and being healthy, but most of the time we're not motivated by abstract. It kind of reminds me of, I think it was Timeless Isles, when the reward for doing that entire quest line was more quests or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, um. Come on, Blizzard. Come on. You missed the ball on this one, guys. No, that was the whole problem with Mr. Pandaria. That, oh, was, yeah. that was the structure. Yeah. It's like you would get to a certain uh, reputation point and you would just get more dailies. You're like, yeah. <sighs> Unlock more quests. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I like treating myself to like a, like a dinner 
Yeah. Or a, or a, you know like a, a snack of some kind, you know, something, something different. It can be really small. I mean, you know, for a female buying yourself a bottle of nail polish or a lipstick. Well, I'd like doing that. Oh, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. So let's say a, the, the <laughs> yeah, broke freckle face. <laughs> I was like, I have no comment on that. So <laughs> sorry, it's gonna mean... stammer. Um, <laughs> but now you you buy that little thing, and it doesn't yeah. have to be expensive. No. I know lipsticks can be very expensive, but can you they? know if you oh yeah, like fifty dollars. What? Yeah, if you go high end, jeez, it's insane. But that doesn't mean you can't get like a nice you know little colored lip gloss for five dollars, and that's cute. And when you use it for as long as you use it, you remember. Oh, I did that. I did the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, rewarding myself with studio upgrades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that, too. <laughs> you tend to benefit from I those. I tend to benefit from that, yeah. <laughs> We've been playing Warcraft for 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. At least I have. I know it's been around a little longer. And in that amount of time, how has the system requirements changed? Oh, drastically. Drastically. Uh, it gets kind of point. Yeah, if you got to upgrade your computer to, to stay current, you have to upgrade your drivers. You have to upgrade your video, video cards. Card, yeah, yeah a lot stuff. of stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting too to think about how often and how quickly the world changes, and you can't let yourself become obsolete. No, you cannot. In the IT world and programming world, if you are not consistently and constantly taking classes and reinventing yourself, you will get passed over. There are so many times, and usually what happens is those people get promoted into management, unfortunately. And they'll come down with their draconian now ideas and ideals and methodologies. And you're like, you know, that might have worked 15 years ago, but this is how it's done now. Oh, grumble, 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 grumble. (laughs) I have seen it so many times. Yeah. You have to always be reinventing yourself. You have to continually learn. And that goes for pretty much any profession except for, uh, no, I would say any profession. Yeah, any profession because it's not just about technology. It's about, you know, social values too. You know, a generation ago, you could be fine with segregation. And those people who are around during that time, if they hadn't learned to change their values, you know, they're going to be in hot water. Yeah. And and sadly for our mindsets these days, those people still exist in some places. I mean, there are stereotypes in some places and there are prejudice in some places and there are, you know. Race. Well, sure, there there are. But, you know, for the most part, you know, the the worst stuff gets weeded out. Yeah, we hope it does. We hope it does. It is easy for people to get stuck in their comfort zone and what makes them, you know, their own little thought patterns, their own little bubble. And, you know, given the example of the IT manager with this stuff from 15, 20 years ago, I mean, there are just tools and pieces of hardware that didn't exist back then that have completely replaced the way things are done. And when you have someone try to tell you, well, this is how we did it in my day. Well, that might have been right. That might have been correct how you did it in your day for that time and that thinking and the technology and the resources available. Mm-hmm. But here's where we're at today. Or you have people trying to print out a document and put it on your desk 
Oh my goodness. And yeah, it's just, and, just waste your time that, instead yeah. of sending you a, a link to a Google document that you, you say that like, it's a bizarre <laughs> example that happened to me where that was an IT guy in a past company where I said, Hey, could you, you know, give me a copy of, of that document? And it was a, an, it was an Excel spreadsheet and he printed out like 50 pages and put it on my desk. I'm like, what is this? Will you ask for a copy? Send me the file. <laughs> what are you doing? It's like, share it with me. Throw it up on Google Drive. Convert it into a Google Sheet and let's work on this thing together, buddy. Oh. <laughs> you know, on a, on a similar vein, fashion, I think, as you get older, becomes something that you have to study like it's a, like it's a foreign subject to not look old. Please tie this back into T-Mog. <laughs> no. Okay. It's like. Because Chromie's rewards ain't that great. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I remember being a kid and seeing people who dressed like it was the 70s. And thinking like, I don't understand how someone can be that old fashioned. Okay. But now that, you know, I'm in my 30s. Everything that was in style in like the 90s and like the 2000s seems much more comfortable to me mm. and whatever the teenagers are wearing now seems really weird and really foreign mm. and i i can see that it happens every generation there's like a certain period of your life that whatever's in style then you feel like it's going to be those styles for the rest of your life or like you relate more to that fashion and then like the current styles you just you look at it and you go okay well i guess that's the style now I think fashion has a bi-generational loop. It does. So if you look yeah. at like what your grandparents wore when they were kids, that's probably what teenagers are wearing these days. Yeah. Or like like everybody is all about the thick eyebrows. Oh, I hate those. The thick drawn in eyebrows and and I have spent years plucking so much pain. You don't do the string? What string? They do a, a string cut on your eyebrows. Who does? The beauticians. I don't I don't pay someone to do my eyebrows. Oh, you gotta take get a this, tweezer at home. No, you got to get the string thing. I'm not going to go do that. Yeah. I'll, I'll get it well, done. Okay, okay. the point is I have spent years trying to make my eyebrows look much thinner than they are naturally. Okay. Because that was a style. Like bushy eyebrows are just like blah. Blah. And now all of a sudden everyone's all about the thick eyebrows. Blah. And I don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> I'm growing mine out now. I don't know how I look. I feel like they look weird to me. Uh, I don't know if they look unstylish or not. Don't look. Don't look at it too much. I'm. I'm. I'm, Don't analyze. (laughs) I'm critiquing your eyebrows. I'm just using as an example. Like a a young person right now would say, "Well, obviously, the thicker eyebrows, you know, the better." What? Obviously. No. Yes. I don't know. You put mascara on their eyebrows or sharpies. Your daughter has those type of eyebrows. No, no, she no, she she sculpts hers. Okay, but it's like it's a thing. Like they're hers. Let me put it this way: hers are much thicker than everyone my age was when I was in high school. Well, back then the style was really, really thin eyebrows. Yes, yes, and no. Some people took it a little bit too far, and we always kind of laughed at them. There, there's a very, there's a very fine line. Shave them off and draw it in. Yeah, shave them. Yeah, I don't know. Talking too much about eyebrows. Point <laughs> is, if you don't want to look out of style, you have to learn the new styles. Yeah, you have to keep up. 
And the older you get, I think the less naturally that comes to you, which means the harder you have to work. Well, it brings us into our final point, though, that preparation is key. That's true. If you are keeping up to date on fashions and on trends and on anything and you are prepared for stuff, then it's not that big of a deal. Now, preparation. So what do you do before raid night? I make sure I've got my food, my flasks, any kind of buffs I'm going to do. Enchants. Um, inch, yeah, everything's enchanted, gemmed. Do you have Discord installed and set up? Uh, any updates done yeah. to my UI, my add-ons? Uh, there's a lot of prep work that goes in before raid. Now, I want to make sure that I know the boss fights. I'm going to go watch some videos, some strats. I had to understand what my team comp is. Maybe my guild's got videos and strategies we're trying to do. Maybe we're watching somebody else's. There's a lot that goes into it. So what do you do IRL before a big day? Like what's an example of a big day you might have? Well, I've got a large one coming up here pretty soon, which I'll be transferring uh, an entire virtual infrastructure into from one cloud to another. Okay. And what I'm doing for that now is uh, watching a lot of videos, doing a lot of chat sessions with technical people. Uh, reading whatever I can read to make sure I understand. And because what I'm doing is mitigating all of my risks by educating myself and keeping myself up to date and being prepared uh, for this large transfer. What are you going to do the night before? Uh, you and I are going to go out. We're going to go party. <laughs> and no, uh, no, I will not sleep the night before because I'll be so uh, nervous. Oh, I will try to sleep. Theoretically, you would get a good night's sleep. Yeah, I would try to get a good night's sleep before that, but I I know how I am, and I'll be up (laughs) at 3 a.m. rechecking and rechecking and rechecking to make sure everything's good. Yeah. Yeah. Or let's say going on a trip. Going on a trip. I am going to... What? Got to prepare. Got to make a list. I thought you said grab your pair. I'm like, what? Okay, I'm (laughs) bringing... I don't know. Or your pairs. (laughs) But I'm going... (laughs) Nice Borsk pears. Be prepared because the world needs more pears. Uh, no, it doesn't work. No. Um, no, I'm going to research, though. I'm going to see what, what I'm going to do. What's fun to do in that area? What are some attractions I yeah. can go see? What are some stuff off the beaten path that most people don't see? What are some ratings that other people hopefully aren't being tilted and leaving one-star reviews about? <laughs> yeah. What excursions do they like from the boat? <laughs> yeah. A lot of that stuff that you would do to prepare for a raid... You would do for like any big thing, you know, sleep well the night before. If it's something you don't know that you know how to do, you know, there's blogs, there's videos that you can uh, catch up on. Yeah. Just make sure you have all the right equipment, that you have the stuff that you need. There is a lot here, Freck, that we can learn about ourselves through gaming. Because if you leave any of this stuff off, you are not going to have a good time in the World of Warcraft. If you're not prepared... If you're not getting achievements, if you're not getting rewards, if you're trying to do everything alone, if you're always out of mana, if you're not getting better, and if you're getting tilted, man, it all just builds on one another. Yeah, it does. And you end up just, you know, uninstalling and go playing Hello Kitty Island. And that's no bueno. No, no bueno. So yeah, take a step back, evaluate what you are learning about yourself, why you're playing the World of Warcraft, and any other games you might be playing. And see where you can improve both in the game and IRL. Freck, 
I have here from the HearthCast R&D department, that's what they're calling the HearthCast Easy Chronological Kit, or a HEC for short. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's going to take us back uh, to a few moments from episode number 354, and uh, it was a couple of things uh, that you had to say. I got my class mounts on my Hunter. Grants. Thanks. That's awesome. I'm a little behind on that. It doesn't take that long. You'll catch up. Very good. You have it by next week. Oh, thanks. A young warlock's notebook. A warlock reflects on his early years when he actually had to go to a trainer to learn spells and fight and defeat demons in order to summon them and go through a long quest line to get their class mount. Woo! Kind of tickles a little, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Frank, I did get my warlock class hall mount, just as you predicted. Uh, so I don't have to go involve Blizzard customer support. Don't spend a ticket to nope. say, Freckleface said I'd have this, then I it's, don't. It's all done. Now, during this process, I was a little confused because I didn't understand. You know, if you, like, When I went, I looked at like, oh, go, up, go talk to this guy in your, in your class hall. That's where it starts. But no, it actually started a little before that where I had to gather some stuff on, on the Broken Shores. I had to go get a certain amount of treasures and some other things I had to do before that actually unlocked that quest line. So I was a little confused on there. You straightened me out. Good to go. Or so I thought. Once I started my Warlock Class Hall mount process and started firing some other questions off to you, you came back very confused. Like, what do you mean? What are you doing? What? Why do you have to go do an invasion scenario? So recap for me very quickly your process as a hunter and getting your hunter class hall mount. Okay, so I got a quest from uh, Deliverance Point. told me to go to my order hall. And I went there and there was a note on a desk somewhere. So I turned in the quest. Now I forgot. Then you just queued up for your scenario? Yeah, I just queued up, yeah. You had the little I can't remember thing. if I queued up like right in the order hall if I went somewhere else. I think it was right in the order hall. Yeah, I just queued it for the scenario, and the scenario took me, uh, I don't know, 15 minutes. Yeah, you had to hunt some things down, kill some some certain things, things, and then finally get the final boss, and then you got your mount. Yeah. 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 All right, so let's look at the warlock. Okay. Once I got to the point where I actually go talk to the gentleman in my order hall, who, by the way, was Morzul Bloodbringer, which is very important. You'll see why here in a minute. The first thing I had to do is go gather stuff. He wants five fell slate, three chaotic spindles, and one unbending potion. All of which were easily available in the auction house. I didn't do much gathering. <laughs> then, Freck, he wanted an overcharged fell core. Now that comes from the last boss on a Legion invasion. Okay, and those aren't always up. Nope. And when you have family in town, family comes first and you have to wait until you can finally get one. So you wait, to... wait, wait. So you're saying you weren't sitting around and he said, hey, guys, my phone says that <laughs> <laughs> no, no. there's this thing up in my game. So you guys enjoy. Yeah, I was having back dinner. In 30 minutes. I was going different places. Yeah, I was having fun, okay. fun times with family. So well, family first. Yeah. Now, I finally did the, the, the Legion invasion, got the overcharged Felcor. Still not done. Now I need to go collect 50 owl beast bloods from owl beasts, which luckily they drop more than one vial at a time. 
still not done, Freck. Now I need to go use my pet, my succubus. I have to go mezzagai, you know, uh, charm him, seduce him. Well, my pet did. And he gets all lovey-dovey, and he gives up the location and name of his boss. He's a cultist. A Zorothian cultist. Now, that is also very important, this Zorothian cultist. And once his cultist is charmed, he lets us know that his boss, who is Zariwa the Hexer, now we need to kill her. But of course, she is protected by a couple of other demons. Where are they? They're on the Broken Shores. Okay. So you go kill those two demons, finally kill her, and she has one of, uh, it's, a, it's a calling stone from Lord Helnarath. And it's a, it's a Zorothian calling stone. Now, that particular calling stone is bound to a dreadsteed in the planet Zoroth, which is the planet where all dreadsteeds are from. I didn't know they came from a different planet. Yeah. See, this, huh. is, this is where it gets cool, okay? Okay. It's all been cool. Now that we've done all that, now we can finally start the Wrathsteed scenario. That's a three-phase scenario. We drop the calling stone. Now we have to fend off three different waves of minions of Zoroth. Finally, the Fel Knight comes out, who is a guy named Erizath. We kill him. The, uh, the Dreadsteed, in this case a Wrathsteed, then comes out. And you have to use your enslaved demon ability on him, on that Wrathsteed, to bind and control him. And then finally, he's yours. And you get this cool cinematic with you coming out on the on the Rasty and everybody's praising and cheering for you and everything else. And now, congratulations, you have the Rasty. I absolutely loved what Blizzard has done. They did a complete callback to the original Dreadsteed quest lines back when they were hard. Now you just go buy them out. Before, it was a long, drawn-out quest line. So do you feel like they added back something to the game that had been missing, that had been taken away? They did, and there are so many brand new baby warlocks this expansion, and yeah. maybe from last expansion, who didn't get it. Yeah, they see that. Yeah, they're QQing on forums, and it's like, no, guys, you missed it here. So I do want to explain a little bit of this. Let's start with the guy that we get the quest from, Morzul Bloodbringer. He's the NPC the Warlocks got the original quest from back in the day. He's here in our order hall. He's come back. We're fighting the same boss, Lord Helnarath. He is the same boss we fought to get our Dreadsteed from and our Felsteed, both of them. So Zoroth, which we talked about before, this is a planet where the Dreadsteeds come from. And they're actually demons. They're not really horses like we know horses. They, yeah, they look like horses, but they're really demons. They're demon horses. They are the steeds for the Dreadlords. And the finest, the best one of those all belongs to the Nathrazim Dreadlord, Lord Helnaroth. He is their stable keeper. He has the best horse who we as warlocks steal from him. We are horse thieves. We got our Felsteed. We got our Dreadsteed. We got them the same way. We stole them both. Now, there are some Dreadsteeds around Azeroth as well. 
The remote plains of Desolus were once home to a unique breed of horse, too proud and wild to countenance riders. Yet it is precisely this willful conceit that enticed the elders of the Shadow Council to bind these majestic steeds to their service with dark rituals too horrific to perform by any but the most depraved of warlocks. Although they retain their imposing forms, these newly christened felsteeds have become twisted with infernal energies, treading flames and breathing fire. Where their eyes once shone with exuberance and zest for life, they now burn with hatred for the warlocks who corrupted them and anguish at the passing of the lives they once knew. A demonic hollow in the east of Desolus, Shadow Break Ravine, is home to a fair number of Shadow Council members. The ravine has several buildings, including a few stables that house felsteeds, most likely to be bound to the will of Shadow Council warlocks. Now, there's some other ones around Azeroth as well. There are some felsteeds that are in Shadowfang Keep. There's a rare felsteed that roams around the Syrian Gorge. Their name is uh, Shelipanar, which Shelipanar is probably a reference to Odin's horse. Uh, which is a, it's the North mythology. We have a lot of Odin going on in this whole expansion too. There's also one in Undercity. It's uh, Giselle, who's, uh, she's a warlock trainer. And you can watch her go through and summon different warlock uh, demons. She does them in order. She's like the Imp, the Voidwalker, the Succubus, uh, the Felguard, and then finally the, the Felsteed. So this thing is so rich. With warlock lore, it just it's so gratifying to actually be able to go through that again. Now, here's a cool thing is after we've done this, and yeah, it's a little more than some others have to do, and I'm not complaining about that because I really liked it, but we have two automatic variations of the Rasty that are available to us. Just different colors. The first one is from Lord Helnroth himself. This, uh, he, this time he's a demon on the island, an elite. You have to group up to fight him. But if you have completed, as a warlock, the class hall mount quest, you get a 100% drop rate for another variation of your mount. And then Cadius in your order hall, he's a, he's, in fact, he's your first follower. He's also a vendor. As long as he's not out on a mission, you can buy another variant of the mount from him for about a thousand order hall resources. So, yeah, we had to do a little bit more work for this thing. But man, was it beautifully scripted by Blizzard. It was a perfect all-around quest line. The mount fits in beautifully to our past mounts. It flies. Come on. And it flies the way I have always wanted our warlock mounts to fly. Don't How's give, that? Just don't give me wings. Don't do anything. Just let me fly. Give it the running motion in the air. And they did that, and it's perfect. So I really think that for those folks who are playing warlocks and are complaining about this quest and this reward, they haven't experienced. These are the ones that bought their class hall mounts. They bought their Felsteed. They bought their Dreadsteed. They didn't go through this stuff. Maybe I'm being a little elitist, but maybe I don't consider them true warlocks right now. Oh, that's very elitist. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. No, you can say they haven't experienced the old school warlockness. They haven't. Yeah. They haven't. Yeah. yeah. We used to have to kill people to summon people. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. 
We're doing a ritual? Okay, so you want to summon somebody? All right, someone's going to die. Well, we'll do this. <laughs> so, yeah. I think, personally, Blizzard knocked it out of the park with this particular quest line. In patch 7.2.5, Blizzard added a single-person scenario called the Death of Chromie. So in this scenario, you work with Chromie herself to figure out who killed her. It's a couple of small quests that end up in a larger time-based scenario that is designed for us to level up our reputation with Chromie as well as pick her traits and abilities. And it uses the same interface as our Order Hall upgrades. And we get more as we progress. So what are your thoughts on this? We tried it. We did it. What are your initial thoughts? All right. Well, disclaimer, we we only worked on it for about an hour. Yeah. So I, I feel kind of bad passing judgment. You know, no, early, we can pass. Early on. No, okay. it's, it's initial. Don't feel initial. bad. Yeah, okay. This is All our right. initial reaction to it. Um. So I was disappointed that the new content was something that you had to do solo. Yeah, we queued up together or thought we were queuing yeah, up together. Yeah, we, we got in a group. We went together from Dalaran to Wormrest Temple. And mind you, we didn't watch any videos or anything nope. before we went in. Just decided to go to see what the fuss is about. So that was a little bit frustrating because um, I'm kind of at the point where I don't like playing WoW so much by myself. Yeah, I'm with you. That was my one uh, surprise. Yeah. That now we are, have, you know, now we're alone. It's like, okay, well, I'm here with Chromie. I guess we'll figure yeah. this out. And how to do this scenario isn't really clear. Um, I got really frustrated because it's, I would go to the points on the map, couldn't figure out what to do, or when I thought I completed that objective, it wasn't showing up as being completed. So I, I don't think it's very intuitive as far as how to do it. And I would rather see visible progression. You know, I guess the design of it is that if you keep doing it over and over again, you know, eventually you get to the point where you, you can do the whole thing in 15 minutes, which is like the ultimate goal. It's a lot of Groundhog Day stuff going on. You are figuring things out. Like, I, I don't want to be handheld, but I wanted a little more than we got on this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I wanted to know that what I was doing was correct and that I was overall pushing it like like if that initial thing of save her within 15 minutes if that is more of a long-term goal you know i would have rather had something that let me know that because i felt like i was just failing right i don't like having to go to an outside resource as fast as i did to try to figure something out like the very first time after i failed i'm like okay something's wrong i'm missing something now i need to go read on this one and that was too soon for me. I would rather have something in the game UI based that tells me what I'm doing, what I'm doing is right, a little more breadcrummy, if you will. Even in maybe just some more dialogue that Chromie would say. Let me know I'm doing the right thing, I'm on the right path. You know, you go to talk to a person like, okay, we can help. Okay, how? Like, okay, we can help. Why don't you go kill these guys real quick? And go build this. Okay, great. I'll go do that. When they introduce a time factor, now I'm already stressed. So I think introducing a time factor and not introducing a breadcrumb factor isn't a good mix. 
That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Do you think it's too grindy? I can't really give that a fair answer because I didn't grind a whole lot. So I don't know what all is involved with it. Well, I'll tell you this. Um, I progressed a little more than you did this morning on it. And you do have the ability not to have to fight all the trash every time. Once you have fought the trash and you have fought the boss and defeated the boss, the next time you go into the scenario, you can just skip to the boss fight. I don't know exactly okay. how they do that yet, but yeah, there's right. an ability to do that. It, it seems from the outset that it'd be impossible to do within 15 minutes. Well, it does. Now, here's the weird thing, and this is where it's crummy. So that's the big excuse I'm going to give you here. Yeah. We continue to build up our reputation, even though we're doing the same scenario over and over again. Our reputation is growing with, with Chromie. Chromie's abilities are growing. So we go in, and it's going to be, by the end of the, the week probably, it's going to be something that's trivial to do because of all the powers that Chromie's going to have, all the abilities she has, all the rep we have with her, how strong she gets, because she gets stronger the more rep we have. And it's going to be something where 15 minutes, yeah, we can go do that and knock that out. Soon, we're going to be talking about, I haven't gotten that last piece of the team mod to drop yet. I ran it three times today in 15 minutes each time. I ran the whole thing. That piece isn't dropping for me. That's going to be the next complaint. I'm so excited about getting T-Mog as a reward, though. Uh, I like cosmetic stuff. I just I do. Know. I like outfits. It's a big throwback to Wrath. It's, yeah, And I wasn't is. happy with the Wrath T-Mog, so it's, yeah. not, it's not the big of an exciting one to me. What well, it, The it, concept, though, for me. All right. So the concept yeah. of giving T-Mog as rewards. Yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. What I'm excited about is the how they have blended to different elements in the game into one. I like the fact that now we are leveling up, in essence, a character inside of a scenario. Our reputation is growing with them, and we are choosing their abilities, which is going to best accompany our play style. Is Chromie a healer? Is Chromie a tank? Does she have speed boost? Does she have... What are, you, know, you just get to make all these choices. And to me, that is awesome. And it has led me to ask the question, are we going to see that element somewhere else in the game? Like in a new follower. Perhaps we gain a new follower, and as that follower levels up, because right now your follower levels up, like my bodyguards, I grow in power. Shut up. But <laughs> So he levels up. You can give them a gear, too. I can give them some gear. I can give them a little trinket, whatever. Yeah, I can do that. whoop de diddle do. What if I was able to pick that followers or that bodyguards traits? Not just by hand, like that. You know, yeah. Not just by giving them stuff. Like, okay, he's gonna make ten gold with me now or fifty gold or what be. Yeah, I like you I like the equipment, but it's really hard to get the equipment that you want. Sure. And then if you do want it, is it better off on somebody else? And there's yeah. choices to be made. But what if you're able to pick your bodyguard's abilities and you had an ability chain and as that bodyguard leveled they got different abilities. And then as you leveled up, you could go back and tweak those abilities because maybe I don't need something as tanky now that I'm geared out and I'm now I max level really good gear. I don't need my bodyguard to be as tanky, but maybe now I want him to be more of a utilitarian. Maybe I want that mailbox. I think it'd be really interesting, for example, for a healing character to be able to complete quest by having someone else fight for them and healing. 
so the bodyguard would do the fighting as a tank and the would, healer would heal the bodyguard. Yeah, we'll do most of it. There has to yeah. be kind of a blend. Sure. But it's always awkward when someone wants to be a healer and that's their whole goal for making that character. And then they have to go quest in but, shadow form. Right, right, right. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's interesting. It opens up a lot of possibilities. You think we're going to get Chromie herself as a follower? I don't know that she'd be relegated to follower. You know what? I say that, but we also have... Um, who's the blue dragon? Jane's boyfriend. I guess that Caligos. Caligos. Yeah, yeah, he's my follower. There you go. So it's not out of the realm. And it's Chromie. Yeah, it's Chromie. Oh, I do love Chromie. So she could be like one instance of her your timeline following you around. Because <laughs> <laughs> that bronze dragon flight, they do yeah. their own thing, you know. Yeah. Now, who do you think is the uh, bronze dragon? The traitor. I don't know yet. As she said that their the enemy's magic was so strong, she suspected they were working with a bronze dragon, which means someone turned traitor. Hmm. I don't know. Or at least will turn traitor in the future. Or did turn traitor in the past. Oh, true. It's timey, wimey, wibbly yeah. wobbly. Yeah. You know, Doctor Who quotes, but. I was going to jump and say Rathion, but he's a black dragon. He's a black dragon, yeah. But maybe he was a bronze dragon before. No. Okay. That's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I know we're in a fantasy world, (laughs) but that that can never happen. (laughs) That's just unbelievable. I will tell you this. When I first saw uh, Rathion there sitting out in front of one of the places, like... (gasps) It's Rathion. He's finally made. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. We're not in this timeline. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> I've all, my big question right now is where's Rathion? I've had that. Like, where's Jaina? Where's Rathion? What are they doing? What's going on? And now we see Rathion. I'm like, oh, Rathion. But, but we're in the future. Or the past. No, we're in the future. Because we're. Yeah. The, the, the scenario <laughs> is 15 minutes before Chromie dies. Right. And she hasn't died yet, which means in the scenario, we're actually going to the future. But I thought we went to the past to go to that area for that fight because we went to Lich King area. We no, we went back to Northrend, but it's Northrend in the future. Oh, uh, uh, I know. Uh, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> we went to the past in the future. Yes, we did. <laughs> the future past. I think it's nice to see Blizzard making iterations on scenarios. Uh, they're giving us content that will take some of us longer than a day or two to, to to chew through. I like that it's incorporating different existing mechanics and it brings us these choices we get to make. So all in all, Freck, I think it's a really good thing. But Freck, let me leave you with this. What if you could choose your WoW character, your hunter, Freckleface the Hunter, as your Nexus avatar in HOTS. Oh, in HOTS? Wait, what do you mean? You would play as Freckleface the Hunter in the Gnome Hunter in HOTS. Uh, I don't think that would work. That'd be your skin. It doesn't matter what class, whatever. You, you're playing your WoW avatar. There's Freckleface the Hunter, and she is whatever you, you, she could be, whatever. All right. I'm going to remind you of a conversation we had <laughs> yep. about skins. Yep. 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 That's where it's And this how came it has from. to obtain the same shape. 
Does it? Yeah. I mean, like, if you're going to... So there is Rexar in the game. Yes. Rexar does, to some extent, play like a hunter in Warcraft. So you see something coming at you, and even if it's got a different skin, you know it's Rexar because it's a similar shape. But what if it had the Rexar name on the top of it, or the that whoever character that was on the top? Yeah, but they and haven't if, done that yet. What if it said like Malfurion on the top, but it was still uh-huh. Freckleface, the Goblin Hunter, as the avatar? I don't know. Now, what I, what I thought you were going to ask me is if you had like a little like an avatar is in something static. Oh, your profile picture? Yeah, like a, ah. like your Nexus profile picture. Okay. But check it. You could pick from pictures of your WoW tunes, pictures of your Diablo characters, portraits that you have in Heroes of Storm, cardbacks that you have in Hearthstone. Or your, you, they have the same kind of character profile type thing in... Um... Overwatch as well. Overwatch, okay. And then, I don't know what you do for StarCraft. Something. I don't know. I don't play StarCraft. You'd pick your Protoss or whatever. Yeah. So, I, you know, okay. So, it would be like cross-game Yeah, you'd have like like a bank of available, quote, avatars. They're really just icons. But you can only pick from things that you've accomplished. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So, maybe you have like... um, your top level character from WoW. Yeah, like like maybe one week I changed my um, profile picture to be the cupcake card back. I hate that card back. I know you do. Okay, but what if you took your cupcake, your hated lame cupcake card Two back? Cupcake. Okay, you, you took your cupcake, hated cupcake card back, and you put a profile or a uh, portrait outline rather of Overwatch because you play Overwatch. And it's silver because you're an awesome player in Overwatch. And then you have a like an outside thing around the circle of the portrait that kind of hangs down from like Diablo-esque. No, too complicated. Too complicated? Mm-hmm. Okay. Make it simple. Yeah, I like that. That way people, when they saw you loading up on a loading screen, they would go, oh, there's that horrible card. I'm really going to kill that person. <laughs> But the only people who'd see it would be people on my friends list. So why would they want to kill me just no. because my card back? Uh-uh. When you, no, when you're what? playing against the other people. No, th- no, I thought we were talking about something like for the Blizzard app. Oh, okay. You could do that. I was like talking yeah. about in- I'm talking in-game so people can well, see. Well, then you like- got to implement something in every game. I'm talking about like within the friends list, you can pick like a little small avatar. Oh, okay. And you can hmm. it can only be picked based on what you've accomplished in game. Yeah, that's, that's cute too. But I'd like yeah. another one. I, I want to see that cupcake in the Nexus. I'm going to kill it. Well, okay, put it this way. Let's say you are matched up against a rando in Hearthstone. Okay. And you become friends with them after the match. And you see that their icon is a Warcraft character. Uh-huh. So now you have an icebreaker. You play Warcraft too? You play Warcraft. Don't you already have an icebreaker? What other Blizzard games do you play? Oh, I mean, you know, you can ask that, but it's like... <laughs> If you add somebody because the assumption that they play one game, it turns out you have something else in common. All right. Yeah, it's no, just something yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I like it. I like where you went with this. Okay. Yeah. I like it. So profile icebreakers is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, I know like I it. totally like answer the question no, differently. No, it's different. Than no. <laughs> that's, that's the beauty of that of this segment. Yeah, it works out that All way. All right. So there you go. I like it. Folks, as you are making your way around this wonderful internet that we all have, don't forget, head on over to iTunes, give us a rating there, 
Leave us some feedback. That lets us know how we're doing as a show. And it also lets prospective listeners know if this is a show they'd like to check out. We want to thank our friends on Facebook and our followers on Twitter. And as we wrap up episode number 355 of HearthCast, we want to thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your questions, comments, or any other feedback. Our email is podcast at hearthcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at HearthCastFreck and at HearthCastRoot, or just head on over to our HearthCast Facebook page. You can support HearthCast by using our Amazon link at hearthcast.com slash Amazon. You can save $3 off your Loot Crate by visiting lootcrate.com forward slash HearthCast and using the offer code HearthCast at checkout. Our Patreon page can be found at patreon.com slash EIPS. And remember, Curse Premium will keep all your in-game add-ons up to date automatically. Please visit hearthcast.com for podcast archives, show information, and more. Until next time, this has been Root and Freckleface. This podcast is part of the D20 Grit Network.